A long time in the future in the Milky Way galaxy, it's the Vercozicast. Each month, join Nancy and Robin as they read through the Vercozican saga by Lois McMaster Bujold. From Borear to Jackson's Hole, from Cordelia to Miles, it's time to jump through a wormhole and explore the galactic nexus. Welcome to episode seven of the Vercosicast. I'm your host, Nancy. And I'm your host, Robin. Today we're going to be discussing the 10th novel in the Vorkosican saga, Mirror Dance. Uh, but first, we have a little bit of news regarding the latest Vorkosican novella. Yes, The Flowers of Ashnoy, which was released in May in ebook format, will be released in audiobook format on October 23rd. So if you and have been finally- waiting far enough ahead in the series to read it yay yay you have to finish diplomatic immunity first though okay (laughs) um fine but but yeah so if you've been waiting for audiobook you will that will be out october 23rd um i know there is also a print version coming but i'm not sure when that will be out so um i'm still so excited that we got a new varkosigan piece of writing while we were doing this like like i mean this is like vorkos again gold because we get a new novella and lois and master bujold comments on uh commented yes on our podcast now we just need a new novel like what if they announce a new novel at like the when the show is ending the end of oh i don't i mean We'd have to just continue forever. <laughs> yes. Just keep it going. Because if we kept the show going, maybe that would mean she'd keep writing more books. Or, or they announced an adaptation of the <gasps> series. Oh, my God. Nancy, and then we could we... do a Vercoza cast TV, or watch along. I Well, this is not so far off because <laughs> my favorite romance novel series, and I don't mean like Outlander, which could be historical. It you know, there's a lot of action. I mean, these are straight up Regency romance novels Ooh. are being adapted into a television show. Oh, so you have good luck. You need yes, to. Yes. Yes. All right. So if anyone is interested, it's called The Bridgertons. It'll be adapt- adapted on Netflix. It's oh, The ne- books themselves are a super feminist look. I oh. mean, they're not historically accurate because they're clever and funny and really feminist in their telling. Mm-hmm. Um which, you know, that's my kind of book. But um, they're by an author called, named Julia Quinn, and they are just delightful. They're fluff. It's not like they're going to ch- they're they're not going to change your life. Mm-hmm. But they are a delightful read. Um, so I'm super excited that they're going to be coming to television because I've been reading them for like, I don't know, 12 or 15 years. Yes. Come on, Netflix. So, Come yeah, on, Netflix. Come on. Shonda Shonda Rhimes is who's adapting it. Well, her production company. Oh. She's not specifically adapting it. And yeah. she said she wants to work on a big sci-fi space <gasps> opera. This is perfect. I know. And, so, and and her company would make it like way more diverse too. Yes. Like they would they would pay attention to all like the back you know because I because yes. there's a lot of background diversity in the in the series. Like I'm noticing the second time around, but mm-hmm. she would make it like so the character like the main characters all in all are and all just Lily White. You know, like right. I've said and- that I th- my my fan cast for um, Ivan Verpatrel is Louis Tan. Um, and if you who's that? Um, he's in the show. I think it's called Into the Badlands. 
Um, okay. Oh, he was oh, also an yes. Iron Fist. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, but there's a yep. there's an image of him in like this purple coat thing, um, in oh. costume, and it looks very uh very Ivan for Patrick. You're gonna have to send me this picture. Um, I can do that right now. As a matter <laughs> of fact, look, I just happen to have it saved. <laughs> well, I there also is a thing called Google. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put yeah, it. Yeah, but but you already know which one. I'm putting it in the show notes. Aha! There you go. Well, if it won't let me click on it, I'll oh look at it later. God. Are you serious? Yes, I don't know. It's I see it as a link, but it's not clickable. Well, Whatever. Copy and we paste can... it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. This is why people listen to this podcast. Uh huh. Do people listen to this podcast? I guess. Or is it just us, like, talking into the ether? <laughs> uh, I mean, either way is fine. I'm yeah. going to keep doing it. Um, But this is fascinating for all our listeners to right. listen to me look well, this they up. They can go look it up as well. Louis Tan. He, there's a, there, he's got a costume with a purple coat. Oh, hey. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, Very. that's also a real good coat. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Your priorities uh, are. Yeah, we all know <laughs> what your priorities like. <laughs> yep. I mean, he's a, he's a good looking man, yeah. but that coat is also really fabulous. Yeah. So oh, here's a, a here's a full, it's a great picture of fabulousness. Yeah. Here's a full length one. Let me see if I can. Ugh, I can't find. Okay, I'm. We're st- we'll stop this. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and now I have to go yes. back to the show notes. Yes. Okay. So. Yes, mirror dance is yes. what we are discussing today. Are we? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> We're going to do a fan cast episode eventually, but yes, yes. we are. So and I'm going to I have so many good thoughts about it. Yes. Okay. So Mirror Dance was first published in 1994 um after Burayar, but before Setaganda. So there's some timeline wonkiness for you. Yep, always. Um, and when we say it's the 10th novel, meaning it was the 10th novel, I believe, published. Um, but not the 10th in chronological order. Yeah. It's, internal chronological it's, it's order. Con- oh, wait, maybe it. No, I think it is inter- internal chronological because we didn't do Falling Free or Ethan of Athos, or Brothers in Arms, the actual novel. So yeah, 10th. 10th in chronological order. Um, So yes, um, it is the first Vorkosinga novel to feature dual POVs, switching back and forth between Miles and Mark. So, so far, all of the... Which at first I hated. Oh, you did? Interesting. Well, because you didn't like Mark. Nope. No. Yeah. Okay, so let's nope. get right into it. Let's talk let's about Let's do it. Let's talk about the book. The we elephant have so many thoughts. The elephant in the room. Miles dies. <laughs> yeah. Uh chapter six. Miles croaks. Uh gets a needle grenade in the chest if you're gonna die. That's a pretty um dramatic way to go (laughs) yep because they say several times it basically just blew his chest apart yes Uh, um which i mean sounds fun it's good that it was not his head because then there would be no bringing him able to revive him yeah yep so yeah um miles dies um and at the time 
I looked this up specifically. This was the latest novel chronologically in the timeline. There was nothing after this. So, do you think anyone thought that Miles was actually dead? I mean, I mean, maybe. I'm like, uh. I, I was going back and forth while I was reading it because I think, like, I think the tension is more for Mark than the readers um and like even though i know that miles is going to be revived it's still you don't know how and especially right but they did a lot of work setting up or she did they who's they she did a lot of work setting up um the cryo revival process Mm mm-hmm Several times they mention right. the cryo revival process. So you're primed for it. Yes. Before you get there. And you're like, okay, good. I mean, he's great. They've got a cryo chamber. Sorry, other lady. Oh, like, yeah. I, you know, I do wonder if Miles ever found out about that. I don't I think hope he not, did. He'd feel real guilty. Yeah. Trooper Port. R.I.P. Trooper Philippi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's so much left of the book too. Yeah. So I imagine that most readers were like, "Well, it, they've she's got to fix it." I mean, yeah, she can't just kill him off, right? I mean, she can't. Right. Um. But it is a. I even though I knew there were more books, and I knew that he came back because I was like, "How far along does he come back?" And you were like, "Oh." about three quarters of the way yes um (laughs) you know even though i knew that it was still distressing it's very tense because you have like well first first is the the issue of getting him in the cryo chamber that they have Mm -hmm. they and and it's there's still there's still battle going on around them um so they're they're doing this under duress and um you know, you don't know, did Ellie do it the right way? Um, then they're trying to get him out and they're getting shot at. And so they end up splitting up where the medic goes one way. And then you, <laughs> there's that yep. really amazing moment when they're like, we don't have the cryo chamber. <laughs> we left it downside. And then them trying to find it, Impsec trying to find it, and then... The scene where Errol tells Mark that they found the cryo chamber and it was empty is one of the most heartbreaking scenes I've ever read in any book whatsoever. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. And so you're just like thinking, how the hell is this going to get fixed? And And then you're thinking, wait a minute. If Miles, even if he is revived and everything is okay, everything is probably not okay because you have no idea where the hell he ended up. Yep. Um, because maybe he's been revived and doesn't have any memory of it. Yeah. And it, which is true. Um, maybe he's in enemy hands, which could yep. be also true. Um, it's yeah. They. It's, it's really well crafted. Like, yes. The emotion around it is really well crafted. I particularly loved the um, the interactions between Belle and oh my gosh, why, uh, Ellie Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not that they were great interactions in a traditional like, oh, it was so sweet. It was so lovely. It was just written so well. You could cut the tension with a knife. Yeah. Sort of thing. And I, that's hard to do. Yeah. So I have here that I wanted to talk about the redemption of Mark, but I think I want to move that to the end. Okay, talk about we could the... talk about it for probably an hour. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I have many, we have many thoughts. We do have many thoughts. So, um, so yeah, even though this book has the dual POV, because obviously it needs it, um, because of uh, because um, Miles a hundred pages of blank dead would yeah. be really uninteresting. Um, but you don't know anything else that's going on. And this is very different from a lot of traditional space opera in which there's many POVs. And so you're getting, um, you know, what is going on in different, like, uh, factions and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. In this, you're only in M- Mark's head. And so you have no idea where Miles is. And so when we get to Miles again, you're like, who are these people? Who are the Doronas? Whereas... In a more traditional book, you might have the Doronas be like, introduce them early on and then have their plots weave together, you know? But Um, nope. Yeah, this is very much like, a lot of her books are very much like mysteries in that way, Mm -hmm. with only having the one POV. So the book starts off with Mark's POV. Um, he has traveled to where the Dendari mercenaries are around uh, orbiting Escobar. And he basically sneaks, well, not sneaks, because he's pretending to be Admiral Naismith, um, gets onto the aerial and tells them they have a mission to go and raid um, House Baraputra's um, labs. Mm-hmm. And um, he chose the aerial because it was the fastest ship, but he actually did a really good job of choosing the captain because, as we know, Bell has experiences with the Jacksonians, very bad experiences, and he want or and sorry, I always do th- I do the same thing that that Miles does with Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I do that because that's mentioned in this book that yep. um anyway sorry they um I'm very sorry Bill um they are they want to get the Jacksonians so yep. Bell is like, yes, great, this will be awesome. Um, Let's do this thing. Mark, of course, has no idea that Bell Thorne has been to Jackson's Hole and um if he if Mark knew this, he might re rethink his plan because um the Jacksonians do not like Admiral Naismith. <laughs> no, um, they because do as not. we remember from Labyrinth, um he destroyed all of House Royal's samples. He also made a fool of um Baron Fell, and you know, Baron Barapucha doesn't like them either because who does? I read these backwards. I mean, I read yeah, uh, I did too. after I'd read Mirror Dance. And in Mirror Dance, I was like, wow, they really don't like him. What the hell did he do? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. It makes it a much more well-rounded story. Yeah. Um, To read the novella so that you understand why in this book they're so, like, 
they hate him. Yeah. They despise him. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's a strong enough word. Loathe. (laughs) Yeah. I think maybe loathing is the best. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark suborns Bell and they go off to Jackson's Hole. Um, There is a lot of foreshadowing in the next few chapters with cryo revival um mm-hmm. with uh miles and ellie visiting those facilities on escobar so much that you're wondering why the hell are they wasting so much page time on this um and then you get to further on in the book and you realize oh because they want you to know how it works <laughs> right and yep and that it can go wrong and it's like even, the best way to info dump yes and even if they do do it right there can still be issues um right uh miles realizes that um mark has taken off with the aerial and um mark has not or miles has not seen or heard from mark in like two years it's two years since the events of brothers in arms but uh impsec is supposed to be tracking mark because he's you know can be a dangerous person um if he chose to and um they have lost track of him but the, with the way the courier service works and, you know, wormhole travel works, they, Mark, ha- Miles has not gotten this message yet. <laughs> so, right. um, so my, Mark, Miles basically has to figure out what to do. He decides to go chasing off, chase Mark to Jackson's hole. Um, so there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in the chapters of the Mark, um, a lot of character stuff and you see how the rest of the Dendari treat miles um mm-hmm. and mark hates it um because they just adore him and love him and think he can do no wrong and mark just hates that he despises miles because he has spent his entire life trying to be miles and you know he just he he just wants to be something different and he doesn't know how how or, or, or what. what that is yes yeah mm-hmm. um so much so that one of the most wonderful stylistic choices of this book and i don't know if i would be able to do this like it's the mark of a really good writer um she does not use mark does not refer to himself as mark for the entire like first seven chapters of the book i i i think i i noted specifically when it was that he started thinking of himself as mark and i think it was the chapter after miles dies um but every other time it's just he he did this Mm -hmm. he did this he did this um well because he yeah and that's brilliant because even if you don't pick up on that directly as a reader right you pick up on the sense that he is less than whole if that makes sense yeah he has no identity right and i and certainly not physically less than whole but emotionally he is not a he is not a whole complete person yeah and um he Miles has given him the name Mark, but he hates Miles so much that he doesn't want to take that name. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, this is something else Miles gave me. I want to be me. Um, and doesn't really accept that until after 
Miles is gone. And it's so funny because he wants to do everything in his power to get Miles back because he doesn't want to be Miles. And it's not until then that he finally starts to accept the identity Miles gave him. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, there's yeah, just... he does not want to be Miles or take Miles' place or anything yeah. like that. There's just so much goodness going on with the psychology of Mark Vargas again. Yep. Um, so uh, the raid goes very, very, very wrong. Um, yep. As we all know, it's going to because Ma- Mark is not Miles. Mark is doing it. <laughs> and, and, and Mark likes to protest. He's not Miles. And yep. we, we find that out. Um, we also find out that... Um, Bell knows that it's not Miles, um, and Even has though- and has known since they were en route um, because he referred to or uh, God damn it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hitting myself. I keep doing that. Bell has um, Bell referred to Mark as the clone, and Miles would immediately correct it and say clone brother or like right. my brother my brother um and mark did not and so bell immediately knew that's was not that before Miles. or after they had tried to seduce him um after okay yeah i th- well it, it was really the same scene i guess that's because true. bell that's is in the night yeah because bell is in the nightgown Right. Um, cause we, um, in Labyrinth, Belle did the same thing where they were trying to sort of seduce Miles and emphasize the femininity. Yep. Um, and then after Belle met Nicole, they were like, oh, hey there, pretty lady. Uh, hi. <laughs> and, and like, yeah. yes, uh-huh. and very emphasizing the motto part. And they, yep. and they, um, and that's called out in, in the, in the book itself that, Bell has a tendency to do that. So when, you know, Bell is alone with what they think is Miles, they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to wear this frilly nightgown. This, and <laughs> it's sheer. Look. Yeah. And Mark is like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? Uh, and well, um, poor Mark is very confused about all things. Yeah. Um, sexual. Yeah. I think there's a, I think there's a, a, a n- remark in the book there where he where Mark says like would it be so bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which <laughs> we find out later on that apparently um, when people go to the orb on on a beta colony uh-huh. that um, the the hermaphrodites are very popular with people because they're seen as less um, like th- they're basically. W- what like people who are like oh i'm not sure if i want to do this but so they'll you know hire a hermaphrodite as opposed to someone of the opposite gender um right (laughs) so i mean maybe (laughs) that there was something going there with my with mark Um, i don't know maybe i mean you don't know what he gets up to in the dome later (laughs) or the orb that's what it is yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, I mean, we know he goes. <laughs> yes. So, um, so yeah, that scene is where they're having this conversation, and then Belle realizes it's 
Mark and not Miles, they go into the bathroom and change their uniform and then they come back out. Um, right, but they keep up the charade. Yes, they keep up the charade because they want to, to they, destroy they like the, the plan. Yeah, they want to destroy House Baraputra and um, like it's like this is it's so sad because Bill knows that they did wrong they messed up and they got people killed um and like they they are willing to accept whatever punishment miles comes up with because they know that they have to um so yeah the raid goes belly up um and bill to say the very least yeah and 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 why it's so sad for bell is because bell says in the middle of the raid you know this is not Miles, this is Mark. I've known it. If Bell could have just kept quiet and like pretended they didn't know that it wasn't Miles, mm-hmm. um, and everything, you know, they wouldn't have suffered any consequences. But Bell is not the type of person who can do that. Um, no, and and it's really, I mean, that's about showing their honor. Yes, and the type of stand-up person even if their moral compass got a little bit um went off course yeah but for good reasons but for very good but for very moral reasons Mm -hmm. so it asks a lot of it asks the reader to process a lot of interesting moral and ethical conundrums right because Um, you do want to rescue these clones they are being used to be murdered yeah so it's a great reason, but it's also in subordination. Mm-hmm. And and then you get there, they get there, and they realize these clones don't want to be rescued. And what, yeah. do, you, what do you do in that situation? Um, uh, it's so, hmm. yeah, it's so, it's so, there, there's so many tricky situations in this book, and that's why I like yep. it so much. <laughs> So um, the raid goes belly up. Miles comes in to save to save the day. Um, da da Yes. Um, things go very very wrong. Uh, Ellie is there. Um, Tora is the leader of the of the um, group that uh, Mark took uh, Green Squad, and I would yep. have been very upset. If Tora had gotten killed, <laughs> oh, that thankfully would have been terrible. she did not. Um, nope. And um, they are trying to get back out to the shuttle, um, which has been blown up, and they're trying to get another way out of the the lab when a Baraputran sniper shoots Mark in the chest with a needle grenade. And nope, Miles. Yep. That would have make it, made him a date a different book. A <laughs> very different book. <laughs> Shoots Miles. And um, I am, I was distracted because I was getting it on my Kindle because this, this excerpt is beautiful. <laughs> it's okay. the most beautiful death I've ever read in my life. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Uh, Miles cannot, of course, see the projectile, not even as it entered his chest. Only his chest bursting outward like a flower, and a sound not heard but only felt, a hammer blow launching him backward. Dark flowers bloomed, too, in his eyes, covering everyone. 
He was astonished, not by how much he thought, for there was no time for thought, but by how much he felt, in the time it took for his last heartburst of blood to finish flowing through his brain, the chamber careening around him, pain beyond measure, rage and outrage, and a vast regret, infinitesimal in duration, infinite in depth. Wait, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> right? It's so good. And that is like, like, that is exactly what Miles would think, like, his last thought is, wait, yep. I haven't done this. Wait, I haven't. Because that's Miles. Cause there's so many things I haven't done. Yes. <laughs> oh. Um, it, that reminds me, you know, all, all the Hamilton fans. <laughs> there's a million things I haven't done. <laughs> Um, so I've just decided that Miles Verkosigan and Alexander Hamilton are the same person. Oh, okay. Except Miles is not the son of a bastard or bastard son of a whore. (laughs) (laughs) No, but other than that, they're the same. No, no, no. It's just, uh, they do have a very similar personality type. Yeah. So, um, Miles dies. Um, everyone kind of freaks the hell out, including Ellie, which, as we know, Ellie is pretty calm under fire. Like, she... Yeah, she lost her shit. Yeah, in Brothers in Arms, Ellie saved Miles with a rocket launcher and then was like, oh, no, it's fine, Miles. They'll just take me into jail. I'll answer some questions and they'll let me out. It's fine. fine. Like, Ellie is, like, this is what she does. Like, she, like... For two years, her and Miles have been together, and he's been trying to get her to be Lady Verkos again, and she's like, yeah, no, I, I I like it out here. So we know how to put together this woman has it, and she just loses it. Um, yep. And they have- Like, panic loses yeah, it. Pa- like, Not screaming. Not crying, but like- Screaming. Like- Yep. Um- and I, I think it's, it's not just that it's her lover, but because it's Admiral Naismith. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do they do when they don't have Admiral Naismith? <laughs> um, no one knows. Yeah. Um, even though they kind of do because he disappears for so long. But mm-hmm. um, so they have a cryo chamber that is currently filled with Trooper Philippi. Um, Ellie tells them to dump it, um, and they never tell Miles of this fact. Um, I think, I think someone, I think the medic is like, what would Miles say? And she's like, Miles isn't here right now. Do it. Um, so they put him in the cryo chamber, try to get him out. Um, there is a scramble to get off the surface and when they get back to the ship, they realize that they left they the cryo do not chamber. Have Admiral Naismith. Yeah. So they they Mark and the um, medic Norwood got separated, and Norwood said he would go off um, with the cryo chamber, and they are able to like get his um, recording from his suit. And we realize, and they realize that he took him. He took the cryo chamber off to some sort of mailing facility. Um, 
But they have no record of where it got sent. Yeah, where it got sent. So, like, the trooper was trying to make sure that no matter what happened to him, Admiral Naismith would get off the planet. Um, and, but they have no idea where that is. So there's a lot of planets. Yeah, in this in the wormhole nexus. Yep. So they are um trying to get to to um get the Baraputrans to search the facility to get it back. They have all the clones and they sort of use Baron Fell as a go-between to um help them. Because they have also captured Baron Baraputra, which gives them a some negotiating um, mm-hmm. leverage. Um, so they agree to turn back over Baron Baraputra. The Baraputrans say they have not found the cryo chamber, and um, they the Dendari realize they have to leave before Baron Fell fires on them and murders you know. them all. Yes. So yeah. they reluctantly leave Fell Station. Um, and there's act so there is a scene where they are giving Baron Baraputra over to the um to his his house and um one of the clones runs out to go with him. Um and the clones basically have been told that they're like going to fulfill their destiny. And uh, so this clone's like, no, you have to take me. I want to be no, reunited take with me. my lady. I want to be, be with my lady. And then um, Baraputra reveals that that is his wife's clone. Uh, that Which is just all sorts of creepy. It's gross. Whatever. Because they're like 10, but they look like they're 20. Um, and they've had body modifications to make them look better. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say, quote unquote, better. And, um, so yeah, they, you know, that they're going to have the brain transplant procedure where they put Lady Baraputra's brain, uh, or Baroness Baraputra's brain into the clone's body. It's really horrible, and I don't blame Mark for wanting to get rid of it. Um. No. Yep. So they, the Dendari leave Fell Station, they go to Kamar, talk to si- Simon, <laughs> Simon Ilion, who... Almost has a heart attack. Um, <laughs> Simon is so different in this book, but I think it's yep. because I'm used to him being sort of f- feeble after mm-hmm. memory. Um, yep. But this is this is a reminder that Simon Ilion is kind of a badass and also kind of a jerk. <laughs> but he he didn't get to be head of Imsuk for nothing. No, <laughs> not just because of the memory chip. Yeah. Um. So, um, they, w- during all of this time where they are negotiating with Baron Fell and Baron Baraputra, they are making Mark play Admiral Naismith because they do not want them, anyone to know that they lost the real Admiral Naismith. Um, they are pretending that they lost the clone and, you know, Miles thinks, Miles Naismith thinks of this as like his clone brother. So he wants the clone back. Right. And according to everyone else, how everyone else thinks, there are three of them. There's Lord Vokosigan, there's Naismith, who was... And then there's another clone. And then there's another clone. Um, so Admiral Naismith was some sort of, like, Jacksonian, like, plant 
who ended up breaking apart and and forming the Dendari, and then Mark Verkozigan is the Komaran revolutionary person. So there's actually only two, but the galaxy thinks there's three. But everybody thinks there are three. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Miles Mark does not want to play uh, Miles, but has no choice because <laughs> really, what are you gonna do, Mark? You you did this all yourself. Um, and um, after they um leave, uh, so after the incident where the the one clone uh escapes, Mark brings one of the other clones like back to his room because she like two of them escaped um and he's like okay i'll bring you back to where we have we're housing all the she clones. asked for a glass of water oh, or yes. something like yeah. that and he was like yeah come back to my room yeah and he had been talking about her assets yes <clears throat> um or he'd been thinking about them i suppose mm-hmm. for several pages And the clones are really, this girl is supposed to look, what, Mm -hmm. 20, 25, and she's really only 10, and they've made a point of that several times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this is the point where I was like, oh, I hate you. Yeah, me too. I hate you. You're awful. You could never be redeemed. I don't want to read any more of you. Yeah. Um, now the magical thing is, and we will talk about this, is that Lois McMaster Bujold is a master at turning <laughs> that around. Yeah. Because by the end of the book, I was like, oh, Mark. Yeah. Right. I love you. And yes. I told you that. And you were like, no. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, yes, actually. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. Because so, so this is interesting. Because with the first time I read it, I had the same reaction as you. That it was horrible that he is an awful human being. And I I was basically like like Ellie, you know, Mm -hmm. like and, and, and Elena specifically. Yep. Um. But at the same time, like, I mean, I you also I also kind of felt bad for him because he had that whole devastating attack, which reminds you, oh, yeah, this dude has been programmed and tortured from the time he was a child. Right. Um, and, and there is some sympathy within it. And that's what's so great about the character. Yeah. Is that you both despise him but you also feel sorry for him yeah so the first go ahead no i'm saying the first time i it was mostly i couldn't stand him um when i read it this time around and granted i've read several more books with mark as a main character and so i have grown to appreciate him and his character arc specifically in a civil campaign Mm -hmm. however However, I like I try not to let that um, like m- give me a bias as I was rereading it 
Right. But when I got to that chapter, I found myself thinking of it a lot differently and not as a matter like of that I was trying to like rationalize what he was doing. But like she does. She like she is purposeful to say he's just going to kiss her like and he asks, may I kiss you? And she's like, okay, I guess. And then they kiss and he's like, this is all we're going to do. This is all we're going to do. And then it starts to go too far. And then he's like, oh, no, this is too much. And then he has his attack. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, okay. I'm like, okay, I can see what she was doing here, but it's still awful. (laughs) You know? Um, Yep. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, rationalize and say what he did wasn't terrible. But I did notice this time around it jumped out at me where he says, may I kiss you? And I was like, okay, so he did ask. Um, yeah, but started out okay. Ten. It's yeah. And he knows that. And that's right. the thing. He knows. He knows. He should know better. If he didn't know. Like mm-hmm. if he were just some random guy on the street and saw yeah. this hot girl. You know, and they hit it off. I, actually, no, don't talk to hot girls on the street. Yeah. Um, you know, but they, they met somewhere. They had a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Then you ask, you know, like none of that would be a problem because that person would not know that this person was actually 10. Yeah. But yeah. he does. Yeah, he does. It's so. It's a really awful situation. <laughs> yep, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings about it. Yeah, it's... Yeah, that was pretty much the, the darkest of the dark for Mark. Um, like, the, the rock bottom for him, as far as my opinion of him. Um, oh, yes. I was like, I don't know. I think rock bottom is coming up later in this book. But... Um, no. In terms of my opinion yes, of him. Yes, yes. In terms of the things Not that he does. <laughs> the, in terms of the things that he does. And yes. uh, not coincidentally, he soon arrives on Barayar, um, which, you know, probably does some, helps him a bit in becoming a, a normal human being yes. who, who doesn't yes. do terrible things like that. Um, because of Errol and Cordelia. Yes. Um, so, so I've, I didn't even mention this. I like sort of divided the plot into three sections and the first one was the raid gone wrong. And the third, second part is becoming Lord Mark because now he has to go to Berear and become Lord Mark Varkuz again in the event that Miles does not come back. Um, he has to basically become the heir to the Varkuz again uh family and he yep. hates this he hates it he does it. not want that and it's funny because people are like accusing him and saying like well how do we know you didn't plan this and this is exactly what your whole like plot was like, uh-uh, and he's like nope, because i don't want to do this <laughs> i don't want it i don't want it no so um he arrives on berear like the first thing that happens is he has this conversation with Cordelia where she basically like analyzes him and he's like, Oh my God, who is this woman? (laughs) 
she's I not what I Cordelia. thought. I know. I told you, when I told you that she's going to show up in this book again, you were like, yay. yay! <laughs> I would like to name my child Cordelia. Uh, not just because of this Cordelia, but there's a Disney movie from the sixties. that's called the happiest millionaire. Mm-hmm. And the lead <laughs> leading lady is Cordelia. And uh, it was one of my favorite movies. Like just, Three or four below Mary Poppins when oh. I was a kid. So, um, you know, the combination of this Cordelia and that Cordelia. Yeah. Now it's my favorite. Oh. Yeah. So, um, they, um, th- those scenes are so wonderful. And um, so Mark has decided in his two-week journey to Borear to um, put on a lot of weight because yep. that is a way that they cannot make him be Miles ever again. Um, no one will ever mistake him for Miles. Nope. Um, he will be his no own one... person. They won't yep. make him play Miles. Because um, we talked about in the last episode that uh, his metabolism is that of a normal height uh, person so like he basically has ivan's metabolism metabolism but in miles's body his body yep. which uh you know they which doesn't work yeah and the 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 jacksonian body sculptors basically gave him hormones to sort of speed it up but um instead of like fixing his metabolism itself so um he hasn't been without that so he had to basically fight to get back to Miles' size to fit into all of his uniforms. And now that he no longer has that, he's just like, well, screw it. I'm eating all this food. And like, I, I can't remember exactly how many kilos they say he puts on in the two weeks, but it's like substantial. And Cordelia, when she sees him, she's like, the, she's like, they mistook you for Miles? And he's like, yes, I I put on some weight then. I put on some weight. And she goes, how clever of you. And, like, he mm-hmm. just gets this, like, warm fall over him. Like, no one's ever called me clever ever before. Yeah. What? And it's, like, um, and it's so funny because, like, the people, people in this book have such a bad reaction to Mark's weight. And it's mm-hmm. it gets uncomfortable so many times, um, and but at the same time, Mark's weight gain is uncomfortable because it's so fast and because it's done at s- in such a bad state of mind, you know. Yep. Um, but Cordelia is the only person to see it for what it is that it's a it's a cry for help basically. It's it's him being rational, not like losing control like this is the only thing he has control over is what is his weight so he's going to use that um so much so that you know at the end of the book when miles is like well have you decided what weight you want to be because in this universe you can basically go to the doctor and say what weight you want to be and they'll and they'll give you whatever hormones it takes to be that way and he's like this is what i'm gonna be and miles is like really which Hey, prejudice on Miles' part, um, and he's like, "Yep, this is what I this is what I want to be," and then it's like, "All right, then that's healthy, Mark." Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Um, there, yeah, the, I mean, there are a lot of wider topics, I think, that this particular book brings up. Uh-huh. Well, the next couple of ones bring up for me. Mm-hmm. This one is, you know, we, t- we can talk about the uh, society and physical appearance and weight and how much emphasis we put on that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, and I think it may be more appropriate to talk about it up in an upcoming book, um, mm-hmm. maybe in diplomatic immunity, uh, but yeah. there's, I, I actually, these books have made me really think deeply about gene editing. Oh yeah. And the applications of that and, what it could be like in a good way, because previously I had only ever really thought about from this sort of Jurassic Park point of view, your scientists were so, um, now I forget the quote. Your scientists are so, con- you're so, so concerned to see if they sir, could, they, that's didn't, what it is. they didn't think to stop it. Think if they right. should. <laughs> they didn't stop to think if they should. Yes, there you go. I didn't think of concern. Yeah. You know, and I'd only ever really considered gene editing from that point of view rather than more of a futurist point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bajold is going to, has done a really good job of making me rethink some of my points of view. I don't know that I've come to a firm conclusion yet, right. but you know, that I think that's really good writing. Yeah. Somebody it that is. makes you think about things. And these were written so long before, uh huh. This was really even like uh, this was not even a twinkle in someone's eye. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but when we get to, I think diplomatic immunity. I want to talk about CRISPR and um, gene editing applications and things. Yeah. And we'll be like a science science fiction podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, diplomatic immunity what? is a good book to do that. Yeah. So, um, we get, um, we have the wonderful scene with Cordelia, which is just so wonderful. Heartwarming. Yes. Um, and then he goes on the town with Ivan, (laughs) which... Oh, Ivan. Which poor Ivan is set to do this. And he's like, why are you here? And he goes, I am take, I am take you out. And he says out with a capital O, and I immediately knew exactly what was going to happen. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> he's going to meet Cracker. <laughs> yep. Did you know yep. Did you know what, what was going to happen there? Or did you? I think I did, okay. because it wasn't super surprising. Yeah, because he says, I, I'm to take you to meet a man. I'm not to discuss it. And I was like, right. who? else could he meet what other man could he possibly meet that's the only person he could possibly be yeah i mean so he goes meets gregor and it's wonderful Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i love gregor so much and basically every time gregor gets to come in and meet somebody i'm Mm -hmm. like yes yes gregor and there's and he's uh, like you know trying to figure out what mark is about they describe they discuss all of the nuances of him like becoming Lord Vercozigan, why he doesn't want to be Lord Vercozigan. Um and 
then he's like, well, here he gave you, he gives him his comm console number, which basically, uh, as Ivan says, he can count the number of people who have that without taking off his boots, without taking uh-huh. off both boots. So then, of course, I was like, well, who has it? Cordelia, <laughs> Cordelia, Errol, Ilion, yeah, Cordelia, Arian, and Miles, because he says so. Ivan has right. it. Um, if Ivan has it, I'm assuming that Alice has it. Right. I um, mean, yes. Ilion. She does run his household. Yeah. So. Ilion. Um, probably Henri, Henri Vervolk, his friend. Count, Count Vervolk, uh-huh. I think it's his friend. Um, and then I'm like, try, probably some of his ministers that we don't really get to see. Um and yeah, then I'm trying to like I I'm like I don't know who else, uh, who else would or who, probably like the head of Komarin Affairs or someone you know, mm-hmm. but but yeah, I'm not even sure if they would have it. So yeah, he's like welcome to the, welcome to the club. You got welcome the, to the club and uh, your family now. Yeah, and Mark is he's like how are you doing? He's like I feel drained, and Ivan says. Uh, Gregor can do that to you when he's being emperor and Mark says being or playing and Ivan says oh not playing and I think that was the first moment where I was just like I have to sit back and fan myself <laughs> because I, the amount of power coming off of this man is just such an aphrodisiac it really is and I have such a crush on Gregor I have such a crush on Gregor I mean like, he's pretty much right up my alley in mm-hmm. terms of like dudes that are my type i don't Um, know what has happened to me as i've gotten older but like because i never had this sort of thing for like powerful powerful men men and so it's different because not just all powerful men but the good ones our president is a powerful man (laughs) right right gross (laughs) yeah it's disgusting is what (laughs) that is but it's the good guys Mm -hmm. that have this quiet steady power about Mm. them it's just an aura and it just makes me go oh (laughs) Mm. turns me into a giggling mess yeah um so yeah emperor gregor vorbara (sighs) if you didn't already have a wife i might be applying for the (laughs) position shh spoilers he doesn't care he doesn't have you could apply for the position i could in this book i could apply for empressness and i've always (laughs) wanted to be the empress of something and he says Um, you know that he won't that he doesn't want any of the vor vor vorbors or whatever (laughs) like mm -hmm. that's true it's true and i'm you know i'm from earth it could be great it would be a great relationship it would i'd make a really good empress guys Mm mm-hmm so um then Gr- ivan takes mile or mark over to where like his dad died and where he was born because that makes sense because he's ivan yeah and then they go to like go to the bakery <laughs> and then and then Ma- mark wanders off um <laughs> to a unsavory part of the caravansary and uh, gets harassed by some Brerans. Um, who who are taunting him for his... Um, appearance. 
Yes, there we go. They call him a mutie. Thanks for that word. They call him a mutie. Yeah. Um, the Ugh, worst. I couldn't say it. The worst slur in Barrer. Uh, and um, he beats the shit out of them. <laughs> yep, and nearly kills them. Nearly, like, stops short of kicking one in the throat, um, which is a good reminder that Mark was trained as an assassin, and this is yep. good foreshadowing for later on. <laughs> oh, done so nicely. They're so, she's so good at foreshadowing. She really so is. So good. And giving you all the information you need, but in a way that you don't really, like, yes. see... That that's why you need yeah. it. Like her saying point blank, like Miles seeing himself in the mirror, but it's not really him. And then him making up the story about a clone and then, oh, yep. shit, that's actually real. Oh, right. Exactly. So, um, so uh, Mark spends, you know, some time on Borear. Elena is also there with him, and we know that Elena does not like Borear. This is her first time back. She's not ha- she's not having a good time with it. Nope. Um, but you know, Errol and Cordelia are trying to like help her out. And um, she's also kind of um Mark's like guide. Native guide. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ivan fails that task. <laughs> Ivan's terrible at it. Um, but I think Ivan is intentionally terrible yeah. at it. And she doesn't want to be, but she's sort of kind of warming up to Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, they Errol comes home like abruptly and is like, we're going to Verkozigan Serlo. Um, so they go... And then He's, he wants to try to bond. Yes, that's what we believe. Um, but he has ulterior motives. <laughs> um, he and Elena burn an offering for Bathari. Um, and then he's like, let's go for a walk. And um, they go for a walk. Oh, I'm, I forgot to mention the, the, the conversation that Mark overhears between Cordelia and Errol when they don't realize that he's in the library. Which is like the most tense conversation because like I'm waiting for them to discover Mark and he's like trying to hide himself and not make any noise. Yep. And they're talking and like Cordelia is totally calling out Errol on like him not caring about Mark and how like Errol made all this effort to like be there for Miles and like make time for him. And And he needs to do the same. Yes. um, Because he's his son. Because Cordelia is... Bitten yeah. mm-hmm. and cannot see any other like this is just your child it's just as right well, we had conceived him together yeah and mark asks that point blank like when when he first meets her and she's he's like what am i to you and she's like she just like flat out like says you know well i am half baiting legally you would be my my Either if Miles made you as his son, you would be my second son. Or if Miles was just your progenitor, you would be my son. Like, and she spouts off all the legal theory about how clones mm-hmm. are treated on Beta Colony. And then mentions how Briar does not have any sort of laws because they're backwards. And then, you know, she's, she says, you know, uh, half of your genes are mine. 
And half of your genes are from the man I admire most in the universe. So I have a vested interest in protecting you. And it's like the most clinical way she could say it, but it's also the way Mark appreciates it most, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Because she's like, yes, this is why I want to protect you, you know? And he's like, well, okay, maybe you are being serious. (laughs) So, So Errol takes her point. Brings him off to Verkozy and Serlo. They, they, he's like, let's go take a walk. They go walk up this hill um, and are completely alone because Errol has to make time for him. But also, Errol reveals that the Impsec has found the cryo chamber and it was empty. <laughs> I, I feel like there's some sort of um, the tomb was empty joke to be made here, but oh, I'm God. not sure what. <laughs> yeah. And so it is a very, very, very bleak moment. And Errol is basically like, yes, yeah, so we need to know um, what you want to do um, because we need to start making plans for a lord you know having a lord vokozian and miles is like well or mark's like miles has to still be out there somewhere and starts to think of like well what's going on and then errol has a heart attack (laughs) i was real worried about this by the way because (laughs) so um so when i read this book it was um i can't remember when it was but it was before last april um, since that time, my mother has had a heart attack and had triple bypass oh, surgery. dear. Yeah. I forgot about that when I read this. And then I was like, oh, this takes on a lot more meaning now. <laughs> and yep. it was really hard to read. And I wish they could grow my mom a new heart. <laughs> that would be... Wouldn't that be amazing? Right? Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm suddenly sort of like, oh, maybe we should think about this whole gene editing stem cell. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the stem cell thing I've always been on board with, but gene editing, I, uh, it still has some pitfalls, but I'm more on board with it than I was before. But like, if we could grow our own new organs. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And that's what happens with Miles, too. Yes. Thank God, because otherwise the series would have ended. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so um, this so Errol has a heart attack and does not have a comm link because he wanted to be alone with Mark where no one could bother them. And wow, this is the worst timing ever. I mean, yeah, it's pretty terrible. This is the quote where Lois from Master Brujold says that she thinks the worst thing she can do to her characters and then she does it. Like, it's pretty much... A ever-increasing escalation of bad things to happen to Mark Verkozigan in this book. And I think that might be why, by the end of the book, you end up liking him. Because of every bad thing that happens to him. Right. Just bad stuff just keeps happening. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think these plots are, you know, you're like, oh, that's just a plot device. Mm-hmm. They got him out in the middle of nowhere to give him a heart attack just to make it harder. Um, but personal anecdote we were at a dude ranch 
in Wyoming in the middle of nowhere. And I won't tell the whole story, but after a series of terribly unfortunate events, the ride that was supposed to take about six hours ended up taking about nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and my grandfather's defibrillator went off. Oh, no. While he was on a horse in the middle of nowhere. Oh, no. And I do mean like up on a horse trail on a mountain. In in the like, we're an hour and a half from the closest Walmart by car. Like that's how far out in the middle of nowhere it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so these things, he was fine. We got him to a hospital and it all worked out. But these things do happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, and I mean, this is on a much you know smaller scale, but like. My mom had a heart attack two, like, a week after I had surgery, um, minor surgery, but still, I had surgery. But you'd had surgery, yeah. A week afterwards, my great aunt died, um, my mom found out and had a heart attack, (laughs) went into the hospital, found out she had 90% blockage in her arteries and had to have triple bypass surgery the week before Celebration Orlando, at which we were planning a huge gala. So it wasn't even like... true. Yeah. So I, you know, it wasn't just, it would have been stressful if it had just been Celebration, but it was also everything that we were planning and it was like the worst possible time to happen i mean yep no time is good for your mom to have bypass surgery but like no i i think back on that month and think how did i survive (laughs) without losing it i mean sometimes we we all have those moments Mm -hmm. and or those times in our lives i mean Mm -hmm. the 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 year my grandfather had uh, open heart surgery mm-hmm. and then um, had a, a break with reality, mm. like a full-on break had to be committed for a little while. Mm. Um, my grandmother had a brain bleed and was a vegetable oh. for six months or so. Uh, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh. This is all in the same like three and a half months. And uh, I was having some health problems, too. So it was like, oh, my, what else? What else? Yeah. Nothing else can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all had some some situation like that. And I think that giving Mark all of these things helps us really empathize with him by the time all this is said and done. Because we've all been in a place where we're like, I see no way that this gets better. Yeah crap just keeps like falling from the sky but you just and have that's to keep what going and that's what this is yeah mm-hmm. but you know you just have to no matter how terrible it is you we we just keep going mm-hmm. and mark does the same thing and he even does one better than that he learns to shine through it mm. yeah through that adversity yeah. So, anyway, I'm done waxing poetic, I think. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, they, um, it's, so Mark has to go back down the trail, which he doesn't think he remembers the way, and uh, get help. 
And of course, everyone immediately thinks that he did he did something because he the first thing he says to Errol is like, the first thing I was supposed to do when I get alone with you was kill you. <laughs> He's like, I right. had an agent that it would touch your skin and it would make you ha- have a heart attack in like 20 minutes. Yep. And the first time they are alone, that's what happens he to Errol. And Mark yep. like starts to think, holy shit, did I do this? Did Was I programmed for this to happen and don't realize it? And I don't remember it? it- Am I the? Am I a monster? Which is horrible. And so when 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 the crew comes up to get Errol, Errol tells them as he's having a heart attack and like slipping out of in and out of consciousness that Mark is fine because he know he knows that they can't have suspicion for him in order for him to be Lord Verkozigan or Count Verkozigan. And mm-hmm. and Mark is just like, holy crap, like he's having a heart attack and he's still thinking strategically. Um and I think that sort of like makes Mark respect him more. <laughs> um they bring him to the hospital, Cordelia barges in, <laughs> and the doctor's like, ma'am, you can't go in there. And she's like, You wanna bet? He goes, You know who I she am? She goes, I own you, and it's literal. <laughs> She does, because um, they're in the district. So um, so they say, you know, he's stable, but he is going to need a heart transplant or and um, they don't they want to they don't want to have him do two surgeries. So like to have a mechanical heart put in and then the the cloned heart. So they're going to try to keep him alive as much as possible like or as much as possible <laughs> you're either alive or you're not nancy or you're not um they're gonna try to keep him alive um until the cloned heart is ready so um it just so happens to be the emperor's birthday which is a huge holiday on Berear. so mark has to go and give gregor the coins <laughs> yep <laughs> which is you know great for him He's like, uh, uh, he meets Kareen Kudelka, who is yay! wonderful, and I love her, and she's just the brightest ray of sunshine, and he's like, I don't know why you're talking to me, and is kind of mean to her, but then is nice to her, but he's also like, it's it's nice because Ma- Ivan is like, ugh, all these women want to talk to me, and my Mark is like, if all these women wanted to talk to me, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then he catches Ivan crying um, because they told Ivan about the cryo chamber and it kind of makes me want to cry to think of Ivan crying about crying. Miles. Oh. He's Poor like, I've decided to get really drunk. And he's like, yeah, me and Miles used to come here and case this party every year and I really miss him. And it's like... That's one of those relationships that you don't really think of that much because they're they love Ooh, each Miles other. Miles and Ivan, yeah, well, because they're so they're antagonistic with each other, but they also just love you know they you know they just love each other. It's just it's a given. Yeah. But they're they don't ever talk about their feelings. Like oh no no no, you're right. They're okay, just I see. you know like they're just like brothers basically. But but they also don't see each other very much because of their jobs. So it's not like they're super close. Um. So like I could see Ivan like being worried about 
what happened to Miles, but being like, oh, he's Miles. He'll he'll get out of it. He always does. And then them telling him about the cryo chamber and just getting knocked over and realizing Miles might not bounce back from this. Like, I might have just yeah, lost Miles. Yep. Mm-hmm. And not being okay with that. And it makes me love Ivan even more. <laughs> oh, poor Ivan. I know. I just love Ivan. Like, I know that he's sort of hapless and pretends to be witless, but I do really love him. Oh, Robin. Oh, no. Is <laughs> Captain Borpatchel's Alliance the new a civil campaign? <laughs> no, I don't like it as much, but, I mean, it's the Ivan book, so... Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to love it anyway. Yeah. So... M- Mark starts to get this uh, idea in his head that Mark or that Miles never left Jackson's hole, and he wants to go explore that area. But Ilion is not wanting to trust uh, Mark at all, um, and Gregor is like, "Well, you haven't used my com console yet," and uh, he realizes like crap that's what he meant like he knew i was he knew i was a person so he calls him and like gregor gets on the phone he's like what do you want and mark is like you told me to call you and (laughs) gregor's like it's five o'clock in the bloody morning (laughs) and he's like well but and it's right and it's the night after his party (laughs) so it's like you know he had a had a hard night <laughs> so um and i think he's just wearing like pajamas at this point which is you know hot <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> so well i'm i'm gonna go write a fanfic excuse me <laughs> we'll wait yep <laughs> so great mark uses gregor to get Ilion to help him like to let him look at all this analysis um and Mark decides he wants to go to Jackson's Hole and find Miles. And he's like, I can use a Dendari. I just need a ship. Well, hey, Cordelia can buy him a ship. And, and she does. It's so well, funny because she they... finances one. Yeah. So they have this whole um, conversation where Mark goes, I wouldn't ask Ilion for the time of day. And he's like, I would ask you... And she's like, I would give you a clock. And then and then she's like, well, I can give you a ship. And he's like, wait, this was like an actual conversation we're having? <laughs> like, it's not just a metaphor? So they and, – and she doesn't want to let him go at first because he's like the last chance. And um, Elena gets really angry at him for making Cordelia upset, um, goes off – talks to cordelia and then she comes back to mark and she's like cordelia told me what happened to you and he's like oh my god why is everyone talking about me and she's like well no you have to understand i told her what happened with the clone girl and mark's like oh my god what oh, no and then she's like no you don't understand and like tells him about you know her father and that she's you know basically born from a rape and she gets very sensitive about the topic, as she should, um, but she never realized what exactly Mark had gone through. Um, right. And 
we didn't we didn't actually say it out you know outright but like mark was tortured but he was tortured with like a shock stick um anally (laughs) yeah Um, when he was caught um with a girl and Um, and everything around sex and um pleasuring himself is right is tied to pain yes and torture yes so not only is it physical torture it's terrible psychological torture yeah so like Um, so he was also really hard yeah so elena's just like you know she doesn't nearly really forgive him for what happened with Murray the clone. But she but, understands at least a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so they all go off to rescue Miles. And he Ta-da! hooks up with the Dendari, plays Admiral Naismith again. Um, meanwhile, we get Miles back. Yay! <laughs> Miles wakes up. He's with these mysterious women called the Doronas, who are all Doronas. They're all clones. And it's so funny when he wakes up because, like, his mind is so, like, he doesn't understand. He's like, oh, my God, there's this woman. And, oh, my God, it's you, but you're different. <laughs> but I don't have, but you're, you're not this, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we finally figure out what is up with these women they are called the Dorona group and basically lily Dorona was a clone created by um and i always forget who it is it, i think it was rayoval or was it baraputra i don't remember but it was one of the houses who cre- i think it was rayoval okay because they they Leave Rival and go to Baraputra, right? No, they go to Fell. Oh. They're, they're under Fell's protection. Right. So it was, I think it was Rival okay. and they went to Fell. Yeah. So Fell is the sort of good one. If there's any right. good baron, it's Fell. But, it's Fell. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, his name is Rai Ryoval. Let me just yep. say that. Yep. And it's so funny because their their names are not like, like uh Baron Baron Babrucha is Vasa Luigi. Yep. And Baron Fell is Gorish Stuber. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not sure I've ever read that. Yeah. It's it's great. And Ryoval is Rai Ryoval, which is the dumbest name. Yeah. So um so basically Lily Dorona was created um by Ryoval um to be sort of like a like have super intelligence and then breed that basically yep um she, which is just super creepy yeah. but that's a different point so she got out with the help of baron fell who is ryoval's half brother that's right yep um mm-hmm. and they um he took them under his protection uh, house fell so they because Rival, I can't remember what he wanted to do. It something that Lily Dorona was like, "Oh hell no!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, something about mm, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, he wanted to do something awful. Yeah, um, not surprising. Yeah, um, and so she escaped. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm gonna see if I can try to find it. What happened? Like why? 
they wanted to leave. Yeah. I feel like it was something about he wanted to do the brain transplants and she was like, that's barbaric. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Because she just thought, well, you know, we can just keep making clothes. Yeah. Rather than brain transplants. Yeah. But I may be making all this up. Yeah, I don't I'm 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 skimming, I'm trying to find. I know I highlighted it. Um, but I can't find it. I was well, while you're looking for that, yeah. I was really Miles starts a relationship with um one of the Doronas. Yes. And I was really upset about it. Yeah. I knew I knew he didn't remember Ellie Quinn. I mean, I knew he, he's got cryoamnesia, so it's not like he knows anything. Mm-hmm. But I, as a reader, was really upset. Yeah, me too. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. was not pleased with Miles about that. Although he later seems to be like, oh, he doesn't have a lot of remorse about it. Yeah. Well, because I don't think him and him and Ellie have an exclusive relationship. Maybe. I mean, he has asked her to marry him like five times. Yeah, but he's also hooking up with Tara. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. Miles is a player. He is. He better not cheat on a Katarin. I he know does not. I'm getting ahead of myself. But he, I'll, as far as I know, he does not. I'll be real mad. Yeah. So, um, so he he realized. So he was sent to the Doronas because the medic Norwood um, had taken a class with Rowan Dorona, who is. Miles's doctor that he hooks up with slash lover. Yes, and and Mark figures this out and decides they're going to go to the Dorona group to find to to see if to they track have Miles. Down Miles. Yes. Yep. Um, meanwhile, Miles has a conversation with Lily Dorona, the oldest clone, um, and she tells them that they want Admiral Naismith to help smuggle them off Jackson's Hole because Fell is old is going to die because he does not have a clone anymore. Um, And they don't know what's going to happen to them. So they want off the planet while they can. And they know that Admiral Naismith helped uh, Dr. Kanaba get off Jackson's hole in Labyrinth. And they also know that Admiral Naismith helped free 10,000 POWs from a set of Gandon prison camp. Yep. So they're like, if anyone can do it, Admiral Naismith can. But we don't know if you're Admiral Naismith or not. And Miles also does not know if he's Admiral Naismith or not. Um, it's Everyone is confused. Yes. So Miles ends up being brought into Lily's office again when the Dendari are there. And Mark is there. And Ellie is there. And Belle is there. Interestingly enough, Miles perceives Belle as female, which might speak a little into Miles' psyche more than he (laughs) wants to explore. (laughs) And he says that later on. (laughs) He thinks that later on. But, um, so they are basically there to sort of trade. And Mark 
plays a really good Admiral Naismith at this part. Yep. <laughs> like, Mark has really come into his own. Um, things go horribly wrong. Um, Again. Th- the building is attacked and Miles is kidnapped, or Mark is kidnapped by the Ryovals. Uh, Miles is captured by the Baraputrans with Fell, or but with um with Rowan, mm-hmm. um and they're like they're not really they're not tortured they're just like kept prisoner, right? They're, and they, they get meals, they yeah. have sex. Like it's really <laughs> not the worst. <laughs> well, you have to be a prisoner. She, well, they don't have sex because she's trapped in a room with Miles, who's like walking around because he. That's when he remembers everything because they say oh, I like thought they did. No, I thought I, I must I be confusing. They it. might have, but then he gets his memories back, and then he's right. like being hyperactive again, and yep. she gets sick of it. She's like, "Stop it! Stop pacing!" Yep. <laughs> um. So and she's then they didn't want to give him any more information about who he could be because they say you know you can get a memory cascade. We don't want to affect that. And then when he, when it happens, he's like, he understands why they call it a cascade, because it felt like he was being pushed underwater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he remembers everything, pretty much. Um, Thank God. So, Finally. yeah. So, they are brought into a, a, a meal. They have a meal with the Baron and Baroness and the clone that went with Baraputra is also there. Um the and one that ran away. The one that ran away. They call her Lily Jr., which is gross. <laughs> and Miles decides to um, get her to trade clothes with Rowan and have Rowan sneak out and pretend that she's the clone and then have the clone there and... When, so when they go to take Miles away, because they've traded him to Baron Ryoval, the others have left and he's like, well, hopefully they've gotten to the Daenerys or Fel right. or someone who can help them. Meanwhile, Mark has been taken by Baron Ryoval and it is the absolute 100% worst. Yeah, so- there is no... Let's not... uh get into detail in the chapters because it's awful right it's terrible he gets tortured and in order to um cope with that he splits into four personalities yep which is disturbing in and of itself yep um so there's gorge hal um why can't i remember the other one gorge Uh, gorge hal killer killer and then who's the other one uh, Gore, Gore. Oh, shit. <laughs> why can we not? I think can't of even this? remember them. All right, Gorge. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up in the book. Um, Grunt, Grunt. That's what there it was. There we go. Uh, you know why I can't remember that? Because I find it sort of disgusting. So mm-hmm. my brain was just like, nope. Yeah, it's hard to read. It is really, really hard. I do credit. Bujold for not being really graphic about it. Like it Thank God, is, because it, if it had been any more graphic, I would have had to put it down. It like. is graphic, but it's psychologically graphic because the important thing is not what's happening to Mark, but how he's perceiving it. Right. And um, most of what you 
have as a reader is what's going on in his head and how he's reacting to it right rather than the horrible things that are being done to him yeah and um you know it's like and the whole time mark is just like i just wanted to be lord mark like he finally has accepted that that's just he wants to be lord mark and they're yep. trying to take him apart and he's like 12 weeks old pretty much yeah like and he's a baby yeah and so he develops these personalities to protect the infant personality of mark and yep. it works um and like they say ryoval is an expert at tearing people apart um and it's so disturbing and i'm so glad that mark ends up escaping and kicking him in the throat and not pulling his punches and killing him and he murders him he murders in him in the best way it's wonderful he kicks him in the throat he kills him dude dies and he's they're all alone and then he like takes his ring He's got to figure out how to get out. Yeah, so he takes his... signet ring is the thing that does it. It's very... He takes um, his whole hand. It's fantastic. Yeah, it feels very Game of Thrones. Yeah. He climbs He climbs up to get in the light flyer and gets out. Meanwhile, Miles is brought to Ryoval's. Oh, oh yeah, because Ryoval's like, hey, your clone is coming over and I'm going to give you that aphrodisiac thing and make you do things to each other. And I'm just like... What the hell is wrong with you? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, I don't like to condone murder, but... Yep, but... I, I, yep. I do not mourn the loss of Rai Ryoval. I was really excited when he died at the end of all this, <laughs> and I was really excited when, um... What's his name in Game of Thrones died? I don't watch, so I don't uh, know... Ramsey, yeah, Ramsey oh. Bolton. Oh, oh my God, he was awful. I skipped a whole season oh. because of him. I'll it was it mind. was worse. It was worse than all this. Yeah, I'm trying um, to figure out like what other characters I might be worse, and I- I'm having a hard time thinking of one. I mean, that's the only one that I can come up with that's even comparable in terms of like. Just straight up horrible people. Yeah. Yeah. At least, like, all the Star Wars villains have some kind of motive. Yeah. Maybe. You know? <laughs> he's I mean, just awful. Right. He's just, he's just terrible. Yeah. So, um, so they get a call. It's, it's Mark. And Mark, they they bring Miles back, and um, they Mark makes a deal with Fell, and Mark is brilliant in this scene. Yes, <laughs> he is amazing. Like he's like Ryoval's dead. I have his ring. I can give this to you, and you can get all of his power instead of having everything break apart. Um, I want the Dorona group and money. <laughs> and then you can have this thing. Yeah. And it works. There's some line that I was that made me laugh in there and it was about 
not giving somebody the cold shoulder, but something like that because it's frozen uh, or it was very funny. Uh, uh, now, if I could remember it, it would be useful. <laughs> Isn't that how it always happens? Oh, well. Yeah. So, um, oh, hold on. I'm so, yeah, they, um, what? I... Sorry. I'm like, so yeah, he, Mark makes a deal with Fel and gets the Doronas out and it's very, very satisfying after everything that has happened to Mark and him just finally believing in himself and being who he... He was sort of meant to be. Yes. Yep. So they end up bringing them to Escobar, and then they go back to Berear. And it's Winterfair. Yay! And they have, you know... Oh, I'm sorry. I I need to go back because what we miss Miles dismissing Bell from service. Oh yeah. So they 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 have this they have this deal, and Miles is like um, that. Um, I need to speak to Bell alone. And um oh yeah, here here's the part. Miles thought of how he'd perceived Belle as a female in this room five days ago, prior to his memory cascade. His eye had always conveniently interpreted Belle as male before, for some reason. Strange. <laughs> you know why? So you didn't have weird confusing feelings, Miles. Yep. He um, had to compartmentalize that. Yeah, and so he's like, I can't let you go back to command of the aerial. Um, Bell's like, because I know it would be bad for fleet discipline. I know, I know. He's like, it's it's not just if you had been a dishonest erm and kept your mouth shut and kept on pretending to have been fooled by Mark. No one would have known. I know," said Bell. It added after a moment. "I had to get my command back in the emergency. I didn't think I could let Mark go on giving orders. Too dangerous. Um, to those who follow you. Yes, and." I would have known, added Bell. Captain Thorne, Admiral Naismith sighed. You, I must request your resignation. You have it, sir. And I, I love how she uses, like, formal no. names, like, when there's formal mm-hmm. things going on. Like, she'll call Emperor Gregor, like, at certain points, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And this is clearly a society that values the distinction. Yeah. So Mark asks you know Bell. I mean? like- yeah. So Mark asks Bell what Bell's gonna do now, and Bell says, Maybe I don't know. I don't know if I I don't know if I can go home to Bell to Beta Colony. And Miles is like, Well, you have classified information in your head because you know who I am, so maybe you can be one of Ilion's like agents somewhere. And he's like, and uh, he's like, uh-huh. yeah. So you can, you know, maybe go off and do that. And Bell's like, I'll consider it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. and then there's a really nice exchange, and it says, "Bell eyed Miles, do you remember the first time we ever saw each other?" It asked, "Yes, I stunned you. You surely did." 
It walked over to his chair and bent and took his chin in its hand. Hold still, I've been wanting to do this for years. It kissed him long and quite thoroughly. Miles thought about appearances, thought about the ambiguity of it, thought about sudden death, thought the hell with it, and kissed Bell back. Straightening again, Bell smiled. It's kind of sweet. <laughs> oh. It's kind of sweet. It is really sweet. <laughs> um, so, yes. I know. It's... Go ahead. Nope. That, that's all I got. Okay. It's sweet. <laughs> so, um, we go back to Borear. It's Winter Fair. Mark promised to dance with Kareen. And, uh... He gives it to her here. I love this. And also, yep. while they were, um, after Mark had gone to get Miles, he's like, he wanted to like say goodbye to Kareen, but wasn't sure what to say. So he's like, go talk to Cordelia and ask her what you need to know about me. <laughs> so Cordelia kind of. Because he's sort of, I mean, it's a big deal to tell somebody that you have like, torture baggage yeah yeah you know mm -hmm. um so he sort of allows cordelia and uh kareen to sort of figure that out together yeah they dance it's sweet and the book ends <laughs> so yeah they um Everything kind of ends up nicely. Errol is back on his feet. Mark is going to be Lord Mark, but he's going to go off to Beta Colony to go to school get and some get therapy. some therapy. Much needed yep. therapy. Um, and um, But there's some little foreshadowing going on <laughs> about Miles. <laughs> he has these convulsions and they say, well, maybe yep. they'll go away. Mm. And maybe they don't. That might yep, be maybe a plot of the won't. next book. And there's lines about him being separated from Admiral Naismith and how horrible that would be. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Mark has all this money and sort of ownership of the Doronas. And he decides he wants to figure out how to take down the Jacksonian houses. The only, you know, with his money. Um, which is good because he doesn't tactics are not his thing it's not nope um, so yeah um, let's get into the nitty gritty the redemption right. of Mark Varkosigan does oh, it work so good I, I, would, mean, I would say I yes since you does. just said that <laughs> yeah since I just you know talked about it 10 minutes ago um, <laughs> I feel like from for me as someone who hasn't read them before i started out this book and i actually think i mentioned when we first met mark i was like ugh i don't like that guy i just don't like him yep. like he's bitter and unkind and he's just nothing that i like in a character even though i understood where it was coming from just nothing that i liked in a character and the beginning of this book i I mean, the the thing with the Marie, the clone, sort of cemented it for me in the big, beginning of just like, I do not like you. You're a terrible person. Yeah. And then you realize that he doesn't know how to be a person. He doesn't. And 
once you have that realization, it's like, oh, so he is terrible, but only because that's the only way he's ever known how to be. Mm -hmm. And then when other ways of being are modeled for him, you know, he's around all these Dendari mercenaries who are devoted to Miles and... They may not be honorable because they're mercenaries, but they have their own code of ethics going on, you know? Yes. Um, and Mark starts to do the right thing. Yeah. He starts to make his own decisions. And when he does, or even when he's led somewhere, he consistently makes the right decision. Um. Not in not not to make him like a Mary Sue or something, obviously, but he's he learns to make good decisions, I guess. And by the end of the book, I had such compassion for him, and I want to know where his story is going, and I want to know more about his relationships with Kareen and Miles, and you know all of that. I want to know more. Whereas in the very beginning, I just wanted to like be done with him. Yeah. So I think it's a spectacularly done redemption arc, personally. I, yes, I agree with all of that. I, it's really interesting because when we meet Mark, we know so little about him. Uh And um, we realize it's because he doesn't really have a personality. He's, he doesn't have an identity. Right. Um, And it makes it a lot easier to sort of when he, as he starts to discover who he is and who he wants to be, it's easy to root for him um, yes. because he's learning how to be a person and how to be a good person. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of talk in, you know, f- fandom about, redemption and is Uh it something that is possible for every character um specifically there's a lot of discussion going on in the star wars fandom about whether or not kylo ren can be redeemed right um personally i like to think that everyone has the opportunity um and it should probably be, be be presented to everyone especially in a franchise like star wars that yep is you know bent on that however um like when characters are presented with those opportunities to be good people and they don't take them it's hard to root for them (laughs) right and not only particularly i mean just so everyone knows we're gonna go off on a star wars tangent for a minute (laughs) that's what we do i know um vorkosigans and star wars that's what's in our brains um (laughs) You know, for a character like Kylo, he is continually presented with the opportunity to do the right thing. And he continually does the exact opposite. Yes. So this is not a character that is screaming out for this redemptive arc in a way, in the same kind of redemption that Mark has. Mm -hmm. I, I do think because it's a Disney property... In the end, it is a family film. There will be some level of redemption for him. Mm -hmm. But I personally don't think that it can be the happily ever after redemption. 
Right. Like, because – go ahead. I I just keep thinking like how what we know of Kylo Ren's history, that he was mm-hmm. born the son of Han and Leia, mm-hmm. who were, you know, well-known individuals and rich <laughs> and powerful. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, not that saying that you can't have a bad life if you're, you know, if you're rich or whatever. But, you know, as far as we know, that his parents loved him very much and gave him everything that he wanted, all the support that he needed. And, um, you know, yeah, he, you know, we, we don't know exactly because we haven't had those stories, but we can impl- we can infer that he had a good childhood. And it would be like if Miles had turned out to be like Baron Ryoval, you yeah. know? Right. Yes. And whereas someone yeah, like Anakin Skywalker, who was a slave and then taken from his mother to join like the Jedi and never really learned how to be a person, yep. becomes Darth Vader, you know? Right. And and in. Real life is much more complicated, obviously, than our fictions. Oh, yeah. And it should be, because our fictions are a place we escape to. Yes. And fiction, particularly in the case of Star Wars, where it's a mythos rather than a single story, you're dealing with archetypal characters and, you know, big overarching themes rather than small interpersonal relationships. I mean there are those too, but the but the overall theme is larger than just the single story. Yeah. You have to look at characters and see what it means in that archetype. Like in relation to these other archetypes. Does that make sense? Like yes. you can't just take the story as a single piece of literature or film. Um, so when you look at somebody like Kylo Ren, there are certain sins that in fiction characters commit that are irredeemable. Mm -hmm. Patricide. I mean, this is going way back to like Greek literature. Yes. You know, the very beginning of drama. Patricide and regicide are like the two. Matricide, I suppose. You know, th- those are the three that you cannot come back from. Right. He's done two of them. Yeah. So the the next the, the only next thing he could do is kill his mother. And those would be like the three completely irredeemable sins that a person could commit. Now, they could be trying to do something like, oh, he's committed all these sins, but he's still redeemable in order to flip that right. on his head. I would be real mad about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, for so many reasons. And that's the um, thing. Like, this book, like, it earns it. Like, this yes. book earns Mark's redemption. And especially because at the end, it's clear that it's not over. Like, no. It is not a happy ending. Like, he has to, he, he, he's going to Beta Colony to get an education to help him psychologically and even like he sorts of develops a relationship with Kareen 
that's not going to be great either because he has all this going against him that right. is going to make her family not want him. Yep. Um, so he has a happy ending, but he is also all, all, constantly struggling to be Mark. Um, and I think that's where it gets dicey with characters like Kylo and, and not just Kylo, but any other, any other fiction like, they, I, I don't know if they can do a good redemption arc in one movie, because every, oh, right, and I, I don't think they can. Yeah, I really don't think they can because everything so far has been he's rejected it, you know, yep. um, and there's nothing like personally sort of like pulling at him, where like with Darth Vader you have the revelation that Luke is his son and that's some sort of personal thing that is pulling him it's toward the light. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Especially if, you know, because of circumstances, if Leia is not a major character in episode nine, that would be the anchor that would have right. worked. And I think a lot of people would like for Ray to be that anchor and, but it, she's has no reason to be. Like no, yeah. there's there's uh, not 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 in any way that they can again explain in one film, right? You know, if they wanted to develop it over a course of three whole films, develop this relationship, yeah. And, like if they had know, grown up together, maybe you know, sure, yeah. Honestly, I I mean, I would have been much happier if they were related, but well, whatever. Yes, speaking to the choir, I mean, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I'm also not on the, um, I, I, I don't think that she is convincingly enough of an anchor in the light because even though she is herself anchored in the light, she's not anything for him Yeah, in a real way. She's he still may new. Be, right. And he may be obsessing with her uh, uh, over her, mm -hmm. but he's not in love with her. He doesn't there's he doesn't know her right he tells her she's basically trash yeah so that's not love let's just be real clear nope that's not love and i'm think i think of a character like you know mark who is you know brainwashed and tortured to fulfill this role of pretending to be miles for Kozigan. Mm -hmm. um also think of a character like um Bucky Barnes from the MCU. Yes. Um, uh, who I is, do love Bucky. Who is also I love that more, but whatever. Yeah. But Bucky is also <laughs> literally brainwashed to the part yes. to the point where he does not know what he's doing. He is not in control of himself when he does these horrible things. Correct. And he has a conversation with Steve Rogers where he's like, You weren't yourself, and he says, but I still didn't, <laughs> you right. know, and right. And, and the thing that both gives Mark and Bucky an easier road to redemption, which is that a film? No, road to perdition. <laughs> yes. um, I'm going to write road to redemption. Okay. Um, it gives them an easier road is because they do have these mitigating circumstances. Right. Um, it allows you as a, as a consumer of whatever media it is to commiserate with them, to, 
to understand that they weren't wholly responsible for their actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and to sort of be okay with that. Like as a society, we don't do it perfectly or even all that well all the time, but we do understand that there's nuance in these things. Yeah. My trouble with Kylo Ren is that he doesn't, we have not been presented with any mitigating factors. Yes. I agree. And it makes it really hard for me to want to root for him because there's nothing to overcome except his own douchebaggery. There's, I mean, there's allusions to it, but we don't know specifically. Like, we know that Snoke influenced him somehow, but we don't know how. Like, right. Like, when we saw, like, during the original trilogy, like, we weren't rooting for Vader to be redeemed for Vader's sake. We're rooting for Vader to be redeemed for Luke's sake. For Luke's sake. Because it's Luke who believes in him and Luke who needs it to happen. Right. But after seeing... Nobody so far needs that for Kyle. Right. (laughs) Except for maybe Leia. And, And yeah. Unfortunately, no longer with us. Yeah. So... After you see the prequels and you see how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader, um, then there's more of a reason to be rooting for Anakin to remember who he is and come back to the light side. Um, But even so, Anakin has to die at the end. um, And then because he's done really terrible things right and there is you know there is a lot there is some debate that goes on in star wars fandom as to whether or not he was actually redeemed or if it was just the circumstance that made him want to save luke um and what does it actually mean like if you don't work is it just one thing you do gets you redeemed or do you have to work for it and I mean, I think this starts getting us into like religion, yeah, territory, right? Um, but I think that may be a valid perspective for it because we do these are these films are not made in a vacuum, no, and they're made at a specific time, and yeah. they were made in a country that is, you know, the majority is Judeo-Christian. So I think that looking at that redemption perspective is not, even if it wasn't intentional, it's not a faulty way to look at it. Right. You know, um, whether or not you believe uh, that is neither here nor there, but in an academic discussion about how, how do, is it just one thing that redeems you? Is it a lifetime of good works? Um, is it, you know, it just having faith in 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 religious terms yeah um it's a fascinating discussion to have um i mean we could talk about this for hours yeah so. and we're not going to because we're we've been talking for a really long, for a long time. time but yet again nancy yeah. and robin did not manage to do no. a podcast that was less it's been than two hours two it's hours. fine but um but yeah basically i think this is a really superb redemption arc because it's not it's not like black and white um yep. mark does horrible things and you and he knows that he does and it doesn't try to sweep it under the rug and he's stuck trying to not stuck but he has to work to be a good person for the rest of his life yep um 
And, and he owns that. And, and he, he owns it. it. And, you know, by the end of the book, we're rooting for him to be Mark Rokos again. Not, yep. you know, for Mark's sake, for Miles' sake. Um, for everybody's sake, really. Because, yeah. you know, Miles still thinks, what have you done with your baby brother? Um, yep. So, yeah. Um, it's a good book. You should read it. <laughs> Although if you've made it two hours yeah. into this podcast and you what haven't are you doing? It, you're either like my boyfriend or Nancy's husband. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is Mirror Dance. And um, I think this is my favorite title of the series too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because that's it's a good so one. good. It's so good. It's, it's, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it it's is really Dance. good. Yep. Um. So yeah, thank you all for joining us for episode seven of the Rakuza Gas, our longest so far, which is why <laughs> which is why we are putting a civil campaign to shoot episodes. <laughs> yep. Because this'll just go on forever, yep. guys. Yep. Yep. So join us next month as Miles makes a really, really, really bad decision and has the worst 30th birthday ever. But at least he's still alive. So that's got, he's got Which, that you know, going for not him. not always the case. Right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Varkosa Cast is a Tashi Station podcast brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Tashi Station for more details. And we thank you all for supporting the show. Follow us on Twitter with the handles at NancyPants, at R underscore A underscore Smith, and at Tashi underscore Station. Subscribe to the show on iTunes via the Tashi Station Master Feed or the Tashi Station Book Club Feed. And don't forget to leave us a review. Forward Momentum!